0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Turn with me if, you're, uh, if you've got your Bibles there. We're going to jump straight into it. And, um, and I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians. Don't you love the presence of God, isn't it? Such a powerful powerful thing. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Have you had a good week this week? Six of you awesome. Praying for the rest of you. How many of you uh, were not aware that you lost an hour sleep last night until Kelly mentioned it? Some of you have smartphones and your, your phone just altered the time for you and you just woke up tired and you don't know why. But uh, you're here, so praise God. You made it, you made it. Let's look at this. 2 Corinthians and uh, chapter 4 and verse 16 is Paul speaking. Are you there? Make some noise if you're there. Here we go. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Therefore, we do not lose heart. If I was local, I would say heart. We do not lose heart. Say it like an Australian, say, I do not lose heart. Say it again, I do not lose heart. I'm gonna encourage the hell out of you this morning. So you better get ready to leave out different to how you came in. All those religious people that are upset with what I just said, I mean it literally. If you came in this morning carrying some discouragement, I am going to encourage you by the power of the Word of God, and you are going to walk out of here victorious. Say, I do not lose heart. It's good, isn't it? Feels good, Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, listen to Paul talking about our challenges. Our light affliction, he says, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal Wait. say weight, weight of glory. Verse 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Paul says we operate on a different level. For the things which are seen are temporary. They're gonna fade away. Don't get rattled by what is in front of you because what's in front of you is temporary. It's not gonna last. It's not worth your time and it's not worth your tears. Don't worry about it. But the things which are, these are what we put our focus on. The things which are not seen are eternal. I wanna focus this little message this morning on this phrase, the weight of glory, the weight of glory. What this means, this word weight um, in the Greek, it's made up of of two words. The first word is baros, which means burden, which means weight, which means something that is, is heavy, Something that has some push to it. Another word that they use to describe this word is authority. It's speaking of something that's deeper. It's not just what it looks like on the outside. He's speaking this word baros means there's something behind it. It's got some push to it. It's got some weight to it. It's got some authority upon it. Is baros and then the other word is basis or basis, B-A-S-I-S, which means to walk. So Paul, this this phrase means eternal weight, a a weighty walk, a walk forward that's not just a walk, but it's a walk that has some push behind it. I want to speak to you just for a few moments this morning. Uh, surrounding this thought, pushed by purpose. Pushed by purpose. Push someone beside you and say, this is your purpose. Push someone that was singing out of tune earlier and you wanna push them, just push them and say, this is your purpose. Paul is, let me set this up, Paul who has birthed this church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians, Paul came in and gave them some direction for the church that was quite specific. He addresses some issues in the church. In 1 Corinthians, he talks about there were some issues surrounding sexuality and surrounding marriage where Paul is quite specific. He gives them the do's and don'ts. He says, leave out the crazy stuff. Don't get into this, but but this is how you need to roll. And he gives them some specifics. But not everybody in the church in Corinth received it well. There were people within the church that were false prophets that didn't receive well what Paul had done. Given them the direction he'd given them in 1 Corinthians, so they come back at Paul, and Paul refers to it throughout Corinthians, and in fact, in the start of 2 Corinthians, refers to that as to them as well. So 2 Corinthians comes, and Paul in this second letter to the church in Corinth, he sort of begins by um, asserting his authority, if you like, to 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 um, Demonstrate to them that the previous direction that he had given them in First Corinth wasn't didn't just come from anybody. He's sort of saying who he is, saying, "Listen, listen, I'm not just anybody. I'm the Apostle Paul." This, this, he's he's pushing back at, at what these 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 naysayers and and haters had had been throwing at him in Second Corinthians. And Paul in 2 Corinthians writes this letter, but we have to understand the context of these verses that Paul is, is referring to. That these verses, I'm sorry, that Paul wrote that we're looking at this morning. That we need to understand that the church in Corinth was actually not going really well. They were struggling at that time to stand against immorality and idolatry that had begun to come in the church. Some people within the church were doing good, um, but there was a larger majority that were not doing so good. And so this is where we find Paul in these few verses, why Paul has taken this tone in verse 16, where he's come in to speak over the church in regard to the challenges that they're facing and things that, they're coming up, that they've come up against. So enter verse 16 where he says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Paul is saying that you cannot allow what it is that you're dealing with to steal the heart that God has put within you. Paul is saying, I know that we're facing some things as a church Maybe you're here this morning and you're facing some challenges. You're facing some obstacles in your marriage and some challenges with your kids and some pushback in your business and some difficulties in your finances. I want this word that Paul wrote over Corinth to resonate to you this morning that you can go through difficult circumstances and maybe even have bad days but just don't lose heart that you cannot allow what it is that you're facing and what it is that you're dealing with to lose your heart. Yes, it might get you down. And yes, you might have bad days. And yes, you might feel like giving up sometimes. And do you know what? That's okay. As long as you just get back up again and you don't allow what it is that you're facing to steal your heart away from you, that you would keep that spirit within you, you will keep moving forward. And Paul, what he's saying is, and the reason why I drew out this phrase, because this was what hit me, was this phrase. He says, the weight of glory. He says, don't lose heart. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Look at this. Even though your outward man is perishing. That's what I like. I was encouraged because Paul recognised how bad the situation was. Paul is essentially, he's saying, listen, you're falling apart. He says, you're a train wreck. I get your outward man. Yes, it is perishing. One of the things I think that we do sometimes as preachers and as communicators is too often I think we water down the reality of the pain that people are walking through in an attempt to try and encourage you somehow where I actually think it has an adverse effect. Because if you're really walking through hell, the last thing you want someone to tell you is that it's not that bad. Let's be honest. Sometimes what we're trying to do is as communicators, and and just hear my heart, what we're trying to do is we're trying to encourage you by watering down what you're going through in an attempt to try to cause you to look at it differently like it's not so bad and you can overcome it. But what i am reminded of is the best way to actually encourage you is not to water down your issue and your challenge, but to magnify your God. Because if you see your issue and your challenge from a vantage point of a God that is magnified in your life, it doesn't matter how real your hell is, your God is bigger, your God is stronger. So I can acknowledge the reality of what you're facing as yes, it's bad, but your God is good. Once you give God praise, if you receive that over your life. Paul says, listen, he says it's bad. He says, you're perishing. It means you're dying. You're falling apart, Paul says. But look at this, it doesn't stop there. And praise God that he doesn't stop there. He says, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. The same time that I'm falling apart in the exterior, internally, I'm being put back together. The same time, things are falling apart all around me. Internally, God's pulling things together within me. And Paul is encouraging them, saying, listen, don't worry. He says, for this is a... Light affliction. It's, look at someone, say it's a light affliction. Look at someone that you know is going through hell, say it's a light affliction. If anybody, if anybody has the authority to call a difficult circumstance a light affliction, is Paul. Because this dude has been through some stuff. This dude, if you've been beat stoned, shipwrecked, locked up, abandoned, stripped bare. You can call it a light affliction. Paul's one of the few people that has the authority because he's been through it. I'm reminded of times when Caressa and I fly. We fly sometimes, often we'll go back to Georgia more often than not. Um, We have done the flight with with Luca um, back to Australia, which is LA to Melbourne, which is 14 hours straight. Dear Lord Jesus, you have to be close to the Saviour through the resurrected blood of Jesus Christ to get on a plane with my two-year-old. Listen to me, listen, listen. If you don't know Jesus, you will about 30 minutes in. What we do is we have, we have a system. Well, let me put it this way. My wife has a system and I do what I'm told. But, but my wife will travel back to, back to Georgia and, and she will have Leo, my, my nine month old little girl. And I will have, I use the term have loosely. I will have Luca. Um, my two-year-old, and I'll, at moments I'll have him, and, and other times he'll have me. But, but we're there together. It's a journey, you know. And so, what we'll do is, before we get on the plane, we're just waiting for that little lady behind the desk. Dear Jesus, I hope they'll be at this process better. But we shall get on the microphone and say, "Those that need extra assistance, yes." The moment, listen. The moment, extra, extra. Help, yes, that's me. Let's go, I'll push through whoever. Drag strollers, drag Luca, kicking and screaming. i got a bottle of Benadryl about the size of a small horse in the left hand and I'm ready to ram it down his throat. Don't judge me, you have not met my son. This is before, before we get on the plane. Before we get on the plane. It'll 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 it won't feel like a light affliction. It will feel like all hell is coming against me through my son. But what's happened to me before is I'll be there and I'll be holding Luca and he's screaming and Leo's there and, and Chris is there. And I'm just thinking, I don't know, how are we gonna make it? Chris are we gonna make it? I've said to Chris, I've said it's like so dramatic. I'm just getting on a plane, you know, like I look at Cressa, I'm like, how, how are we gonna do this? We just got through security, I'm about to die. How are we gonna do this? And I'll look over and I'll see somebody with not one, not two, not three, but four kids. (laughs) Or I'll look over and I'll see a single mum and a single dad with two kids, three kids, and all of a sudden what I thought was all hell coming against me, I look at my deal with a different perspective And I start to view it as, my God, this is a light affliction. I'm going to pray and intercede for that person over there because I thought my world was bad. Their world's a lot worse. See, you need some people around you that give you a perspective on what you're going through, like Paul that can remind you it's a light affliction. You're going to get through it. Just keep your head up and praise God all the way. And this is just a season and it's not going to last. He says... He says, this is, this is a light affliction, but which is for a moment. Tell someone it's a moment. It's a moment. Too many times, how many times have we been ready to give up on our faith just because of a moment? It's a moment, bro, it's a moment. Don't throw in the towel, it's a moment. And I'm not watering down what you're going through, but I'm putting it in perspective, in eternal perspective. Look at what he says. He says, it's a moment. It's working, it's working for you and exceeding an eternal weight of glory. What Paul's saying to us through these verses and speaking over our lives as a church through the Word of God is he's giving us a glimpse of what it is to be facing difficulties and trials, but to also be pushed by your purpose that is not external, but a purpose that is eternal. Paul says, even though there's things going on around me, he says, even though I've been beaten, even though I've been shipwrecked, Even though I'm going through hell right now, even though this church in Corinth is facing challenges, even though I dare say Paul at times wants to give up, what he's referring to when he says, there's a weight of glory that is eternal, is he's referring to the purpose of God that is refusing to let him stay where he is, that is refusing to let him take a step back, that is refusing to let him give up. It's a purpose that is pushing, pushing him forward. It's a purpose that he's talking about. It's something within his spirit that Paul has caught in his spirit by the power of God and by the Spirit of God that is causing him to continue to move forward. This is what it is to have a purpose from God. This is what it is to have a vision from God that's within your spirit. I'm not talking just about a mission statement that preaches pretty. I'm talking about a vision that you caught deep down within your spirit that no demon in hell can take. I'm talking about that type of vision, that type of purpose, that when you want to keep your hands by your side you cannot help but raise them because there's a push that's coming from the purpose of God. I feel a push coming. I feel the push of the Holy Spirit getting in behind those of you that are about ready to give up saying don't give up now. Your purpose is about to push you into your destiny. Destiny. Paul says it's a white. He says, I can't describe it. He says, the best way I can I can try and put this into words, he says, it's a weight of glory. When I wanna give up, I just can't give up. When I go through bad days and I feel like second guessing my calling and I go through bad days and I start thinking, is this marriage gonna last? Are these kids gonna ever come back to God? Is this business ever gonna grow? Will he ever be blessed? It'll be the weight. It'll be the weight of glory. It'll be the push that comes from your purpose within your spirit when you're reminded that that marriage was ordained by God and it's a covenant under the covering and the blood of Jesus Christ therefore that marriage has an eternal purpose and because of that you get a push to keep believing and keep standing you get something in your spirit that you declare over your kids that there's a purpose on their life and I'm not going to give up on them and I'm not going to throw in the towel I can feel a Push coming from the purpose of God. Some of you, the best thing you could do is get your purpose back. You gotta let the vision come back into your spirit. You gotta allow the the God to, to pour out something in your spirit that is not taught, but that's caught. When you catch it in your spirit, it'll keep pushing you when you feel like pulling back. When the enemy will try to pull you away from the things of God. It'll be the purposes of God that'll push you forward. That'll push you forward into your destiny. You've got to recognize that there is a God-ordained purpose upon your life. You are not in that job just to exist and get a paycheck. If you do believe God's word that your steps are ordered by the Lord, then there is an eternal purpose upon you. Do not give up. Don't walk into that job, dragging your feet and hanging your head. You gotta lift up your head. You gotta lift up your eyes and declare that I am here for a God ordained purpose and destiny and I'm going to let that purpose push me into what God has for me in this season. I want you real quickly, I want you to write down these words. I want you to write down the word prepared. I want you to write down the word patience and I want you to write down the word process. This is such a powerful word that Paul is writing that if we will receive over our life, It will push us into what God has for us. But I wanna ask you this question. When I talk about this purpose, I'm talking about a vision from God. I'm talking about a vision that gets caught in your spirit. I'm talking about that type of vision that keeps you up at night because it's stirring within you. It's that type of vision that even when things in front of you are not fitting the vision that's within you, you don't give up. Your vision speaks to your surroundings and not your surroundings to your vision. It's it's that type of vision. It's it's down within you. It's down deep within you. It's it's in your spirit. And I talk about it and, and we hear it and we think, yes, I want that. But I wanna ask you this question, are you prepared to receive that? Are you prepared to receive that? In Habakkuk, there's a powerful verse, a few verses in regard to vision that we know so well It's where we get the verse um, to, to not cast off vision. We get the verse to, to, to even when the vision, it says write it and keep it plain. We know these verses, but I wanna backtrack just for a moment. Before Habakkuk receives this vision from God, I wanna paint this picture for you. He is the prophet of God that's come in to speak over the people of God in this moment. And they are not doing well. They have just come out of the work that Josiah did where he transformed the whole region. If you read in 2 Kings, in chapter 22 and 23, it talks about the reformation of Josiah. King Josiah, he came in, this kid, and I say kid because that's what he was. He was a kid and he caught something of the Spirit of God and and he sent priests to, to find the Word of God and they brought the Word of God to him and he saw the Word of God. And when he saw the Word of God, he realised that he needed to change some things in his life. And Josiah, he started, he started going throughout the land and, and upturning idols and killing off false prophets and priests. And the Bible says that he turned the whole land back to, be a, to being a people that would seek the face of God. It's a powerful story. But one of the saddest few verses in Scripture is at the end of chapter 23, where it says this of Josiah, It says, Josiah was such a great king. There was no king like him that went before him. But then listen to this, all came after him. And I read those verses a long time ago and it hit my heart and hit my spirit. And I thought, what a devastation that is that all of the work that Josiah did and all of the breakthrough and all of the revival and all of the miracles that he saw died with him. This is why there is such an urgency within us as a church, not to break through, but to disciple a generation behind us to also break through. This is why you are in a church that has a heart to see the next generation come up. That's why we're gonna be starting in August, Free Chapel College, that will be operating out of this house. That's why we launched tonight our 5pm teenage service, because we have to understand that the Great Commission calls us to, to make disciples, what good is it? What good is it if I'm hungry for the Word, but I don't teach my kids to come up and be hungry for the Word? This is what you're in, this is the type of church that you're a part of. That we have to understand that there's a mandate upon our young people to be what God has called them to be. And hear me, during their teenage years. Because there has been a lie that has gone out across the world and has infiltrated the church that we have accepted something over our teenagers that says it's in the teenage years that they're gonna try drugs. It's in the teenage years they're gonna try sex. It's in the teenage years that they're gonna get into alcoholism. It's in the teenage years that they're gonna rebel. And we as a church have accepted that. And we'll say, well, they're just teenagers. Teenagers are gonna be teenagers. Not according to the Bible that I read. I don't read anywhere in the Word of God where it says teenagers are going to backslide and try everything in the world and come back broken. I believe that we need to be a church that will declare over our young people that it'll be during the teenage years. They're going to catch something of the fire of God that is going to be in the teenage years that they're going to get baptised in the Holy Spirit, that they're going to walk according to the Word of God, that they're going to have a hunger for His house and a life that desires to live according to His. Word. I'm sick of this rhetoric that comes into the church where we just accept it like well they're teenagers. Yeah they are teenagers and they're crazy enough to read the Word and believe it for what it is. Let's get them in the Word. Let's see them saving their high schools. Let's see colleges turned around for the glory of God. I'm looking for some people that will believe and declare over our young people. And Habakkuk comes in and and the, the, the people of God have scattered and they got disillusioned and they turned away from the things of God. And God speaks to Habakkuk and gives him this vision. But I want you to see this. I want you to see before Habakkuk receives this vision or this purpose that God has called him to declare to bring transformation. That's what you're called to do. You're called to transform. You're called to change atmospheres. You're called to turn lives around everywhere you go. And Habakkuk, and Habakkuk comes in, in 2 of verse one, look at this. He says, I will stand. This is before the purpose, before the vision has been spoken to His Spirit. He says, I will stand my watch and set my face on the, this word, it means hilltop or on the tower and watch to see what He will say to me. I want you to see this picture. This is the prophet before the purpose gets spoken into His Spirit by God. And he says, I'm looking out for it. I'm ready. God, God. God, this is it. This is what what I'm hearing preached. That's what I want. I want that purpose back. I want that desire within my spirit. God, I want it. I'm looking for it. I'm expecting. I'm hungry for it. This is what it is to be a prepared person. Because you say, yeah, I want that type of purpose. But are you prepared? Are you looking for it? Too many young people. They'll come up to me and say, "Hey, pastor, will you pray for me? I just, I just, I just, I just want to know my purpose." They say it like that, like, like it's just like God has a little idea. You know, hey, will you, pastor, pastor, hey, pastor, pastor Ben, pastor, 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 pastor I Just you know, I was just thinking. I was, I was just thinking. I was just thinking. Were you like, were you like, were you like, 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 like? Like just pray for me, because I just, I just, just, just want to know, like, I just want to know, like, my purpose and stuff. And I look at him, I think, no, you don't, because you're talking about it like it's just a little bit of fairy dust that's going to get thrown out of heaven and just land on your head. Like God is up there thinking, you know, what? What are we going to do with her? Like He's up there saying, looking at you like you've just submitted a resume to heaven to see if it's gonna work. Like God's up there saying, well, I mean, look, she's, she's pretty good at this. Maybe, what do you think? Maybe we could do that with her. No, that's not gonna work. We did that once and she was crap. Like, let's try. Um, what about, see, that, that's what we think the purpose of God is. We think it's, it's, it's some last minute idea that God comes up within heaven on your life because you got bored and He's just trying to find something else for you to do so you can fill the time. When you forget that Jeremiah says He knew you before you were born, which means before you even came into this world, He was standing there saying, "One more push, baby, and she's coming out and I've got a purpose for her and I've got a destiny for it, and I'm ready to pour it out. But are you, are you prepared? Because God will not waste anything. You forget, you serve a God that when He fed the 5,000, He picked up the leftovers. He will not leave anything to waste. So He will not give you a purpose that you will not steward. Are you ready? Are you waking up in the morning? Say, God, what do you got for me? Some of you need to take a minute in your car before you open that door and walk into that workplace and say, God, I know I'm gonna serve those burgers like no one ever before, but I believe you got something for me. What do you got for me, God? I'm ready, I'm watching, I'm waiting, I'm expecting, I'm believing there's a purpose that I'm gonna collide with today and I'm, I'm prepared. I'm prepared. Are you ready? Quickly, I've got less than two minutes left. Prepared patient Habakkuk says this he says though it tarries look at this word wait wait for it do you know what the word wait means in the Greek write this down it's it's powerful change your life it means wait told you it was powerful means wait trust God you getting frustrated in your purpose Like you think that your timing is better than God's. He knows what He's doing. Wait, not wait, sit back like, okay, God, make this. No, no, no. With an expectation. I haven't hit it yet. But man, if I haven't hit it yet, it means it's still on its way. And I can't wait till that bad boy gets here because I'm about to blow up. This is gonna be awesome. It's an, it's an expectation. It's a wait. And, and patience, prepared. Patience. And the third word I told you right down was, was process. Process, 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9, 9 to 11. I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Look at this, but God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. This is speaking of a process. We we talk about purpose. It's not just a gift that's received in a moment. It's revealed through a process. It's a process. Are you you committed to the process of your purpose? Some of you checked out of the process because it took a left turn when you thought it was gonna go right and you're not operating in your purpose. But if you would commit to the process you will collide with your purpose. And if you continue to walk out the process faithfully, you will step into what God has for you. But you've got to be committed to the process. Because we hear this and we get amped. We get pumped and we're like, yeah, yeah, I want purpose. Give me a P, give it. I'm not gonna go through the whole thing. And we get excited and we cheer for it. And if I was to say, God's going to give you purpose, run down the front and get it, man, we would flow, wouldn't we? Bro, I'd be down here too. Come on, let's get it and let's walk out of here with it. Until we find out that the way it's not just given, but it's revealed through a process. And we say things like, hey, if you want to walk in what God has for you, get in a small group. Whoa, hey. Hey. I want no one in my business. Maybe you need someone in your business because maybe your business is funkier than you're making out on a Sunday. And maybe the best thing to grow you is to get the right person accountable in your life to deal with your business that you keep covering up and keep wondering why you're not walking in your purpose that God has for you because you will not commit to the process. Come back next week, I'll be a lot nicer. Prepared patient and process there is more happening in the process than you realise there's more in the process than you realise right across this room we're out of time stand to our feet I don't want anyone to leave I want we're okay for time, you'll still get lunch I promise You need your purpose back. You've lost the push that comes from the purpose of God. I know the Holy Spirit's speaking to people here. You've given up on dreams. You've allowed the situation to speak to you rather than you speak to the situation. You've got to get your purpose back. Because if you get your purpose back, if you get your vision back, you'll get the push that comes with it. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.